find you You will ask What will you do When they find me Don't be scared of yourself Hi, I'm Dawn And I'm Ashley We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships Hey, Ashley Hey, Dawn, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I get to leave today to go and see my Jabba, my son, graduate from Army Boot Camp this week. Man, how has it been? What, eight, nine weeks? How? It's like he just left. I know. It's crazy. It seems like it was just like a week or two ago that he left, and it's been like eight and a half weeks. That's insane to me. Wow. But I can't well, wait I'm to excited. see him. I'm excited for, for you for that. What else are you doing? So we are leaving tonight, and we are driving to my father-in-law's house, and then tom- picking him up, and then tomorrow morning, we're all going to Gatlinburg. Um, my, my favorite place in the world. Everyone should knows that. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so, so excited. Yes. We're going to um, go walk the Skyway Bridge and check out the Skyway Park. Um, And then from there, we're going to stay in Nashville, Sunday night, Nashville. I'm excited. I love Nashville, too. And then Monday, we'll get to Missouri. um, And then Wednesday and Thursday, our graduation. And then headed back after that. Yep, we, we should be back Friday, probably. Okay. Does he, and you told me this, but for the listeners, he doesn't get to come back with you for even a few days. He's going straight to school, right? Yes, unfortunately. So um, we will get to see him all day Wednesday, and then we will get to see him for a few hours on Thursday, and then Friday or Saturday morning, he gets on a plane to go to training in Virginia, and we have to come home Thursday night. So you get to go through all of that sadness again. Yes. Hopefully not. Hopefully it won't no. be as hard as it was the first time because, right, the more I do it, the easier it gets. Isn't yeah. that how it is with everything in life? The more I do it, the easier it gets. It, exactly. Exactly. I mean, leaving Dylan the first time in Texas, like I bawled my eyes out at the airport. But the second time I left, it was sad. And then just when I, le- you know, when I left again this recently, it's. It's like, I was, oh, I'm going to miss my boy, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, God, I'm ready to go home. Right. So it, ju- it just shifts. It's just, yeah, it just changes. And, you know, I who knows what the future brings, but, you know, Dylan doesn't want to move back to Florida. So, I'm I, you know, I have to get used to, and it's kind of like with Jeb, right? He doesn't plan on coming back home. So, it's always going to be us leaving them yes and so it's either I can be miserable in that every single time or I can accept this is their life I'm enjoying the time I get I get to spend with them and I will look forward to the time I get to see them again and just let it go yes literally it's like I have to choose which perception I want to engage with in the moment because there's some days that that perception I have is I miss my baby. I'm never going to see him again. Oh my God, he's so far away. Life is so horrible. I'm the worst mom ever because I don't ever talk to him. And most of that, all of that is out of my control. Um, The other perception that I have, and this is the one I try to latch on to, is he's not a baby. He's an adult. And he is learning to live his life the way he wants. And he is successful. And he is doing it on his own. And look how proud I am. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I perceived going into, you know, my son, you know, moving out, moving um, to Texas was he was never going to need me again. He wasn't going to need me. And it's interesting because that is so far from the truth. That is a complete story I told told myself because... I'm still that first person he calls when he finds out something so exciting that I'm the first person he still wants to share it with. 
when he is hurting and in a in a in a emotional pass of 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 what to do and something I'm still that person he calls right Uh, he he doesn't know how to right he needs me it's just I'm and I have to like it's shifting my mindset to be what he needs right and and that's all I've done my entire life is looked at what does my son need and that is what I'm gonna be for the for him and now it's it's there's no difference it's just I before I would control and I would manipulate and we actually were talking a little bit about this earlier like that would be was my such all my you know my biggest patterns was control patterns and we again like I said last episode like that is a pattern we'll get to just not today um I now don't try to control him I just sit back and let him come to me on his terms and it's been a better relationship for him and a better relationship for me. Now, there are other areas that I still, you know, like I still want to control. It'd be like we were saying earlier, like it would be easy. It was much easier to be in my my codependency. Right, because I, I just do what I need to do and just say what I want to say. And I never had awareness or thought about it or it was easier. Yep. God, it was so much easier. The difference is that. I might, it might have been easier for me, but it was not easier for everybody else. And no one wanted to be around me. No one liked me. And it was only easier for me in the moment. Yes. Right? Like in this very instance, when I am feeling angry or I am feeling hurt or I am feeling some negative emotion, codependency is easier because then I can fill that emotion with somebody else. It's their fault or fix them so I don't have to think about it or whatever so literally it was only easier in the moment because once that moment passed then I was left with all the other feelings that I had put aside for that moment you know and now I don't have to do that now I know I'm being in awareness and mindful and conscious and yes it's difficult it is very difficult to live in healthy recovery awareness of each moment and it is so worth it so going back to what you said about why you're doing the things what are why do we do the things we do in our codependency what do you think is one of the factors in that to keep ourselves safe because we are afraid why do we need to keep ourselves safe because we're scared We're afraid that there is some sort of danger or pain or hurt out there because probably as previously in our lives or as children, there was. I know for me, very much was a a factor. Um, Like, I didn't feel safe in my home. I didn't, um, didn't feel safe within me, didn't feel safe with my parents, didn't feel... And it's crazy to say that I didn't, I don't feel, I did not, and I, I do now, um, for the most part, is feel safe with me. But it, that was something that I really had to work on, like, to figure out what that meant. Because I didn't know what that meant. For many, many years, I, I did not feel safe with me. I did not feel safe with my higher power. I didn't feel safe with anybody. And... What I have come to find is that was one of my character defects. That that was a codependent pattern, right? Not feeling safe yeah. was in me. It didn't have to do with anything with the other person. I just didn't feel safe. For me, and, and I'm... I don't don't know about you, but one of the reasons I didn't feel safe was because I didn't know how to trust myself. Like, I didn't realize that I was enough in who I am to feel safe. Sounds like you're saying that you had low self-esteem. Oh, low self-esteem? That uh, and so just one of the things that I've noticed in the the patterns. Have you? And let me. so if you look at all the patterns and we've right we have denial we have low self-esteem we have compliance we have control and we have avoidance have you noticed that all but low self-esteem are more of an action pattern than low self-esteem 
Yes. There is not a coincidence on that, I do not believe. I believe that a lot of our base in uh, feeling in codependency is low self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, if you think about a lot of the things that we do, it's all, all of it is based out of fear, right? Fear mm-hmm. is the chief activator of all of our character defects. So why do we feel fear? Because we have low self-esteem. Right? It's, um, and I didn't actually notice that until today, like sitting here talking, we like when we were, and I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. Interesting. Um, so let's read the low self-esteem patterns and, um, how about I read codependence often? And if for anybody, and I meant to say this last episode, um, if you want to find the codependence, uh, codependent characteristics, you can go to the Work It, You Are Worth It website, and on the Coda Meeting tab is the low self-esteem patterns, so you can check those out there, or go to coda.org, either one. Um, so do you want to read in, um, in recovery, and I'll read codependence often? Yeah, that works. Okay, so... Should we read just the codependence often and then talk about those and then go from there? Um, How do you want to do this? Let's do like we did last week where we read one and then we talk about it and then we read the next one. All right. That sounds like a plan. So codependents often have difficulty making decisions. And I love this one because I love I have a great analogy for it. And it's something that I have struggled with and I did not ever understand that that was my codependency. Deciding where I want to go to eat. If someone says, where do you want to go to eat tonight? I still, to this day, Me too. don't decide where I want to eat most often. Like sometimes I'm really feeling something. I'm like, ooh, I want this. But for the most part... We have this conversation in my household every single day. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Well, I don't know. What do you want? Well, I don't really care what we eat. Why don't you just pick something I don't want to pick? Yeah. But all day you've been craving Chinese food. Well, see, if I was, I'm at a point now where if I was actually craving Chinese all day, I would say, hey, I want Chinese. But what about before? Um, But I wouldn't, yeah. In my unhealthy living, I definitely had difficulty making decisions. I would not have said what I wanted because I would have been Mm -hmm. afraid that it wasn't what the other person wanted. So one of the things this year, which um, you're aware of, um, is I have been putting myself out there trying to make social friends. Um, that's not something I've really ever had because of my own low self, 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 own low self-esteem, which we'll talk more about in that. But um, I'm doing the meetup groups and I am now, um, I've taken over and I'm the organizer for the group that I found, you know, some my friends through. But um, that has been interesting for me to be able to, Um, work on making difficult decisions and when I say that is right I have to set up a meetup I set up a meetup every week I have to decide where we go to eat I don't ask anybody I don't have to ask anybody I it's all about me and what I want do you want to go somewhere Dawn do you want to go somewhere I want to go here all right schedule a meetup go there and nobody else. So it's really taught me that it's okay to say, I want this. I want to go here. It's kind of, and I believe HP, you know, he, he's doing what he's, he's, he needs to do in me. There was a reason that this came about in this way for me. Absolutely. In recovery, I trust my ability to make effective decisions. It sounds like that's what you're describing, right? At the beginning of this, you couldn't decide where you wanted to eat half the time. And now in recovery, you are able to set this meeting, however many, however often you do, and you decide where to eat every time. That That is mm-hmm. perfect example. It goes deeper than that too, though, right? Like I used to have difficulty deciding whether I wanted to be in a relationship or not. 
I used to have difficulty deciding whether I wanted to work at my job or not. I felt like I wasn't making decisions. I was just doing what I was doing because that's what I had to do. And now I am actually deciding, do I want to stay at this job? Do I want to stay in this relationship? Like I'm making that conscious decision every single day. Whereas before, I would just wake up in the relationship and go to work. You're putting thought into what, like you're not making this instant, instant looking for instant gratification. Let me put on thought into it. Let me make, do some considerations. Let me talk to my higher power. Let me sit back and see what's going to happen once I maybe change something within me. Yeah, I mean, I'm trusting myself. Let's jump to the next one. Um, codependents often judge what they think, say, or do harshly as never good enough. So are you, when you're, do you find that like when you're like in your relationship, when you're looking for your job, or like considering your job? Um, I find that, that in everything I do. Yeah. Still to this day. Um, Honestly, the low self-esteem patterns are one of the things that I am still working very hard on. They're probably the one that are still front and center most for me. I, I still judge what I think, say, or do harshly as never good enough. Um, I am consistently and constantly questioning myself and then judging myself, right? So the issue doesn't come from questioning myself. I think questioning myself is important. I should question my judgments, right? And then the codependent part of this comes in is that I'm being very harsh with myself and it's never enough. I should have done this better. I should have done this better. Even in the moment when I know there was nothing I could have done, I still tell myself I should have done something different. So I'm having... <laughs> I'm, you know, the, so, okay, sorry. So this, this month is, um, it's Halloween. It's November. It's our, it's, oh, shit. It's October, whatever the hell month it is. Um, and it's Halloween. And I am doing, doing something this year that I have never done as an adult. And I am dressing up for Halloween and I'm going to a Halloween event. Nice. Yes. Um, so we're going to down into Ybor City here in Tampa, and it's called a Spook Easy. And all year long, it is spooky. So it's like a speakeasy. It's just spook easy. And they're doing this monster mash party on a Saturday night, and they're you're supposed to dress up. That sounds like I it's going to be fun. Oh my God, it's going to be a blast. They serve kava. That's um, on the main level, like the where the, the party will be. And then they have a lower level that serves um, alcohol. I've been really, was really stressed out about this. Like somebody suggested it I when I've seen it and I've wanted to do it. And I thought it'd be so much fun and it would be, uh, but I was really struggling with wearing a costume. And it wasn't about wearing a costume it was about my costume not being good enough. What if I come up with a stupid idea? What if somebody sees me and I look dumb? What if, right, all the stories, like I am a great storyteller. Uh, Sounds like you're judging yourself pretty harshly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I really had to work through this. And it wasn't a, I didn't call you. You you know nothing about this. This is the first time I'm talking to you to this about this to anyone other than my higher power. Sounds and like you are getting ready to go into recovery. Should I read yeah, that before you go you there? You should. Yes. Okay, so in recovery, I accept myself as I am. I emphasize progress over perfection. Yeah. So, so now I, with your costume, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. I great transition into that. Um, I had to have a conversation with my higher power. I had to. I didn't jump into a, a costume, just oh, let me pick this. And right, there is some insecurities, and I'm just being as you know. I want to be as authentic and vulnerable as I normally would be, and 
I am a plus size woman. I've, you know, I, there is some body insecurities. Granted, I don't have a thyroid. Losing weight for me is horribly hard. I am confident in who I am. This is my body. This is, but it does add some struggles. And buying a Halloween costume adds struggle. Absolutely. They're all these skimpy little nurse maidens and god I hate Halloween costumes for adult women sometimes oh god me too me too so I knew that that is not what I wanted to do I'm not going to do that even if I wanted when I was searching plus size costumes that's what they came back as I'm not that is that is just not what I want I'm gonna do it's not me even when I was 120 pounds, I wouldn't have worn some of these costumes. They're just crazy. Anyway. Absolutely. So, and I'm also like, I don't, I just want to be comfortable and I want to be me. So I told Colin, I, I told you that Colin and I have been playing games. And one of the games that we play is Villainous. It's a... It's a, it's a very strategic thinking game, and it's we play the Disney version. So it's all the villains in Disney. That sounds and really cool. It is really, really cool. It's, it's our favorite game. That's why I needed to take a break, because I've been playing that way too much. I was like, oh, I could be a villain, right? So I picked out the one villain Colin and I really, really love. And that is what I decided to be for Halloween. So I'm actually going to, I'm dressing up as Cruella DeVille. I love that. That is amazing. (laughs) So I went out and I I bought the scarf. I bought the wig. I bought the gloves. I have a black dress. I bought, you know, black pantyhose and I bought red shoes. And I, there was a shift in me once I let go of my insecurities and my low self-esteem, I got full in on this. I am so excited. I can't wait. I took away that negative thought of it. It doesn't matter what anybody's going to think of me. I'm going to be in a costume. I mean, and quite frankly, how often do other people actually think of us? Like, how many people how many like honestly how many strangers do you think you're gonna walk into this room and what every single head's gonna turn and they're all gonna be like dawn look at her dress look at her shoes look at her hair people don't do that realistically they just don't care i mean it is halloween people are going to be looking at each other that is what halloween costumes are is like oh look at that costume oh look at that costume but like you said it's not oh well, she should have done this with her costume. Or, oh, she should have done that with her costume. Oh, that looks right. stupid. Oh, people just, right? People are not going to do that. No. Nope. But in my head, they were going to. But it. But the thing about it is, it wasn't them that were going to do it. It was me doing it to myself. So now let me ask you, what if one of them people were to come up to you and be like, oh my God, Dawn, that is the most beautiful costume I've ever seen. You put so much effort into that. Your hair is perfect. Your nails are amazing. Your shoes, your dress. And they were just like praising you with recognition. So let's read the next pattern because that is exactly what you're talking about. Um, Codependents often are embarrassed to receive recognition, praise, or gifts. In the past... I would have felt, I would have been embarrassed. I would have said, I would have said like, oh, the, yeah, this dress I've had in my closet forever. I would have downplayed what something about me. You would have find, found a way to minimize that yes. praise. Exactly. Do you know the other day at work, my boss, so uh, we have a new COO of the company. We have a new COO starting. And the VP of the company came down and was introducing him to everyone. And when he started introducing him to me, he started going on about all of the things that I have done with our inventory and the the amazing changes that I have made. Um, And I immediately, like my face got red and my head went down and I like tried to make myself small. Like you could... One of the girls that works with me, she was on the other side of the warehouse and she actually said to me, Ashley, I think you shrunk about six inches when he started saying what great work you did. I've never seen anybody do that. Wow. Yeah. 
I was beyond embarrassed. And the things he was saying weren't lies. They were all 100% true. They are financial numbers, that's data of changes that I have made that have made a positive impact in thousands of dollars for this company. And as he was telling this person what a great job I was doing, I, I literally got smaller. And I felt myself totally embarrassed about receiving this recognition. Um, it was pretty intense. So I'm thinking of something here. Have you ever, so like, right, not taking on this, this recognition and downplaying it, if you, you know, if you, we downplay it, then finding myself being resentful because I don't get the recognition that I, I know I deserve when it's, when I believe I deserve it? I, I haven't had that at this company. Um, I've only been here uh, about eight months, um, but I have not had that at this company. In the past, I definitely felt like I did not get the recognition that I was deserved. So what happens in that situation? Typically, I get resentful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I, I Yeah, if I feel like I deserve recognition and I'm not getting it, I get resentful and then I stop doing what I wasn't being recognized for and then I'm not getting recognized for it anyways. So. Right, so, what, so then it doesn't matter. Instead of being in recovery and in recovery I feel appropriately worthy of the recognition praise or gifts I receive so so it, go ahead I was just gonna say in recovery when my boss introduced me to the new guy I would have held my head high and I would have smiled and shook his hand and said yes I'm Ashley nice to meet you right like and it's like it sounds like well, why wouldn't you do that? Like, I mean, that could be somebody's thought. Well, why wouldn't you just do that? Like, what, what, like, that's what you're supposed to do. When you have those thoughts in the back of your mind of not feeling good enough, it's hard to, to say, hi, I'm Dawn, and mean it with the, the security and the safety and the confidence of what it means. Just, I am Dawn. That is it. I am good enough just in that statement. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you said why, when you asked that question just now, I don't know. Like, when I think about it logically, I know that I deserved that recognition. I absolutely am appropriately worthy of every word that he said. And yet, in the moment... It almost felt like an attack was coming. Mm. Like I was absolutely embarrassed. I wanted to be small. I did not want them to see me. And he was saying really positive, good things. And he, he wasn't exaggerating, right? It wasn't like he was going overboard and just gushing. And it wasn't like that at all. He was very, it was only like three sentences. And it was very realistic. And it was very accurate. And yet... I, I I was just, I don't know. I was embarrassed. I was absolutely embarrassed to be receiving praise. So what did recognition, praise, and gifts look like for you as a child? Christmas? Um, I mean, yeah, like on Christmas, you got gifts. On birthdays, you got gifts. Recognition as a child was yeah you got a hundred why didn't you get a hundred and one you should have done better I don't I don't remember very many times in my childhood where there was recognition praise or gifts I know when I was little my my biological father used to he definitely used to try to give me some recognition he used to tell me all the time that I was good um and at that point from him I just ate it up um, like I, I would feel special when he would say it, but I don't remember many times that that happened. And I don't remember many, any times that I was told it otherwise. Um, same for me. Um, gifts were Christmas, birthdays, all that. Um, 
recognition same like I never like nothing I did from an um, from a school purpose was was ever good enough I remember in first grade and I was the fastest by seconds um, doing my times tables remember testing doing the oh yeah doing the times table yes I was the but I still was told to be faster be faster yep um praise just my kind of praise was the what I remember praise being was girls are meant to be seen and not heard yeah praise a lot of times for me was no news is good news if they're not yelling at me or they're not punishing me or disciplining me then that means I'm doing good Exactly. So it makes sense why this is difficult for us now, because the way it was presented as a child was be more. I'm always basically I'm always a failure. I'm always not good enough. This and this is my child brain speaking here, not my healthy Dawn. I'm not I'm always not good enough. I'm always I always need to be better. I always need to look perfect, be perfect, and even in my child brain, I knew that wasn't realistic and possible, so I was always not good enough. Yeah, and then the other side of it for me too was it's sandwiched, right? Any praise that is there is sandwiched in between like, yeah, you did that and that and that. Sure, that was good. I'm glad you did that. But then you did this and this and this. Yep. So it was always like the praise was going to follow, be followed up by a criticism. Um, And I think that, like we were talking about, if somebody were to walk up to us and compliment us, even if we just say thank you, I struggle to actually take that compliment in. Even if it's something, like the other day, one of the people at work came up to me and he was like, I really appreciate your positivity every day. It makes me look forward to coming in here. I was like, oh, thanks. That's sweet. And then I just went on with it. I didn't actually that thank, take that in. That thank you was a deflection. Yes. Yes. Me too. I totally do that. Totally do that. And. Yep, just thank you. Flip. Flip it. Like literally I'm taking my hand and knocking, knocking the compliment right back at him. It's crazy to me that we do that and that we like without even realizing it, we do that. And yet at the same time, what's the next Codependence often pattern. Codependence often value others' approval of their thinking, feelings, and behaviors over their own. So, and it's so, it's just such an irony that one, I knock approval away, but then that's what I value. And I literally would be like, oh, I, I wish, you know, they should recognize what I did. They should, you know, they should acknowledge it. I can't believe they didn't acknowledge it. I, you know, there was this, their self-worth with it. And when somebody does value my opinion, my thoughts, opinions, feelings, or my beha- my behaviors, all of a sudden I feel warm and cozy. Well, so what I'm thinking as we sit here and talk about this and say this is, When I was deflecting and I wasn't taking it in, it wasn't coming from the person I wanted to value it. Oh. So who would you, in that, in the work situation, in the situation, who would, who were you, who would you want validation or approval from? See, I don't think I could do that with work because I'm, I, I don't necessarily crave anyone's approval at work, right? I I have gotten to a place where, yes, I'm embarrassed by the praise that I've gotten. I'm also not craving their approval. But, like, when somebody gives you the compliment and you deflect it. So, like, the other day when that person came up to me and said that he recognized my positivity and he really thanked me for it, and I simply deflected it. Had Nick said that to me, I would have taken that in and been like, oh, look, he sees my positivity. He sees my work and my change and look how much I'm doing. Whereas when this stranger, I mean, sure, he's a coworker, but I don't honestly even know his name. Um, When he said it, it was like, oh, that's just some random person. 
it, it must not mean. But it does, right? When he said it, it meant something to him. He said it because it truly matters to him. He appreciates my positivity. But for me, I wasn't able to hear it because the person I want to feel that way hasn't said that. So why do we go to the uh, one person to get to and feel like they need to give it to us it has nothing to do with the other person this person right that's all on us why do we go to that place of i need to hear it from this person for it to be true that's a damn good question society i i that's a good question right because somebody saying that they appreciate my positivity shows that i am being positive why does it matter who says it? Right. Why does it matter who sees it? And that's, that's, that's a me question. Why can I take it in if Nick says it, but I can't take it in if JoJo says it? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that other than to say it's old patterns and old ingrained beliefs that the person I love is the only opinion who's who matters so I for me with work um my manager and I have this have had this uh, relationship and she is not someone that give just gives um positive like recognition basically the it's always backward comments of right we need to you know you need to understand this it's not just knowing how to do it we need to understand it right and so she's always giving those types of comments and I have taken that like I am like it, I don't even know how but it because it's such a subconscious thing have take like I seek out just any positive recognition from her because it just doesn't come logically I know I make her look good right because I do my job I do my job well people know me for my work not because I stand around and talk I'm not that that's not me at work but I'm gonna grasp a hold of whatever the company I work for their newest you know like all companies go through this we're gonna get on board with this we're gonna we're talking AI right and I'm right, that, right? so you got to get on the bandwagon so I'm that person my little group of 10 people, I'm the person that's going to get on the bandwagon of what my company wants. That's how I keep my job, right? That's how I keep myself interested and I keep being able to do the jo my job the best of my ability and I maintain my job, right? I, I've learned a long time ago. It's like I've, not, I've been in the workforce long enough. You get on the bandwagon, you keep your job. You don't get on the bandwagon, you're risk of getting laid off. So get on the bandwagon. So that's what I do. Right. But I, so I make her, like, I do all of these things to be good at my job. And I do it for myself, too. Because, like, if I'm going to be at work, I'm going to just do my best. That's just me in my life, right? I always well, want to do the best. So that sounds like you're describing the in recovery part again. Right? Yeah, okay, in, let's, let's read it. In recovery, I value the opinions of those I trust without needing to gain their approval. I have confidence in myself. And it's funny because I do have confidence in myself. I know what I'm good at. I and I am great at expressing that to my my man, my manager's boss. I can have conversations. She knows what I like, knows what I don't like. We've had the conversations. I'm good there. There's something about this one person that I would just like her to say, you're still, good job. You're still trying to gain her approval. Right? Even though my logic, when we had a podcast on logic and feelings, logically I know this. There's still this piece of someone that is my superior. And I'm putting that in air quotes because you guys can really see me doing that. So I'm, <laughs> I have to say it. I'm putting that in like my air quote superior. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that for me that I want to be acknowledged. But I, 
and then, like I said, logically, I know I shouldn't have to. And I know, like, I know this woman is miserable in her life. I know this, she does not, misery loves company. That's what one of my coworkers tell, has told me that. She's like, Dawn, stop. Misery loves company, company. And you are feeding her misery because you're miserable with her. Stop. Just do you. And she's not wrong. And she's not wrong. She is what, and that has stuck with me for this last, she told me this two weeks ago. That has stuck with me for the last two weeks. And I keep thinking about it. So you're getting to the point of not needing to gain her approval. You're getting there. Yeah. Okay. What's our next one? Do codependents often do not perceive themselves as lovable or worthwhile persons. And I think we should just jump to the in recovery on this. In recovery, I recognize myself as being lovable and as being a lovable and valuable person. I used to for so long, man, when I mean three years ago, if I take myself back to October of 2020, I did not feel lovable. I did not feel worthwhile. I did not feel like I would ever be happy because I just didn't I didn't love myself why didn't you love yourself I just didn't think I was lovable nobody had loved me to that point I had not felt loved I had been abandoned my relationships had ended um I just I did not see myself as being lovable or worthwhile like there wasn't I was doing the best I could and it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't good enough. I was failing all over the place and everyone around me was miserable. What's interesting about what you just said is not feeling, you were like, I don't feel lovable and it's, it was very much about you. But one of the things you said in there was people weren't, didn't love me. People didn't love me. Right. People, you know, but the thing about it is, that is not a true statement. They loved you. They loved you from the best place they could love you. It was more in that aspect, that was about them, not you not being lovable. Right. Right. My parents loved me to the best of their abilities. They loved me based on how, how their parents loved them, and that's what they brought forward. That's what they gave to me. That isn't my fault. That has nothing to do with me. My parents loved me. My parents adored me to the best of their ability. It's so hard to, I mean, it, it, it was, it's not so much anymore, but it was very hard to put those two feelings together, right? So the feeling of, I was never liked as a child. I did not feel liked, and in my opinion as a child, my brain said, if you're not liked, how can you possibly be loved? And because my parents were doing their thing with, they were doing the best they could with what they had, but what they were doing had a negative impact on me. I turned that into me not being lovable. Them not knowing how to love me the way I needed in my mind twisted into me not being lovable but in fact you were loved you were just loved the way they could love you and I recognize that now right as as right? being healthy and being in recovery I do recognize that I am lovable and I am loved and I am valuable and the people who I don't feel loved when I'm around has nothing to do with me. It has to do with them and how they show love. One of the things for me, um, my mom is one of my, is very much of a trigger for me. And I want, I've been seeking out her love and approval my entire life. It's been there. It just wasn't what I thought it should be. She was loving me in the way she knew how to. But there are times, even now, that if she's critical, and she doesn't, she's hardly ever critical of me um, in a true critical form nowadays, 
when she has been, even in recent years in recovery, I still would go to that place with her of not being loved, not feeling good enough. Yep. And I would do that. Then when that happened, I would carry that with me for a period of time until I could like almost shake it off. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like you can actually feel like I could feel carrying it with me after I would get into it with someone, my mother specifically, yeah. I could feel myself holding on to it for days and just having that weight. And then like you say, shaking it off and it's like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm better. I shook it off. I'm, it's like drying off. Like it's okay. Right. The like water's dog. gone. Yes. It's like the dog when they shake. Like I, it's like that kind of. Yes, thing. exactly. That kind of sounds like it was going into the way you were talking about it though, too. Sounds like it was going into the next pattern. Codependents often seek recognition and praise to come overcome feeling less than. Uh, yeah. Right, I would go and look for people to tell me I did a good job. But it had to be specific people, again, just like we were saying earlier. I would go to my mom and tell her the story and look for her to be like, oh, that's great, good job. It didn't matter whether I w thought I did good or not. It mattered whether mm -hmm. she thought I did good or not. Exactly. Like that is a big thing for me, like with my mom. But it's really interesting because I, you know, having the conversations that I've had with my mom and stuff. Um, and I think even she said on her podcast, when we I did a podcast with her, she was always proud of me. She was like, she was so proud of me and who I was and what I could do. And just like she like she was beyond proud of me. But the problem with it is it she thought what she was saying communicated what she was feeling the problem is for me it did not process that way yes I have had that with several people too right they they see themselves as giving recognition and praise and I Ma don't maybe feel they it. are right right well I, right I mean so in recovery I seek my own approval first and then examine my emotions carefully when I seek approval from others. If I was giving my own approval first and seeking my own approval first, then when they gave their approval, I would have been able to take that in because I already had mine. But because I was unsure of whether or not I was happy with what I was doing, I would wait for them to say they were happy and then I still was unsure of it. So one of the things for me that I, where I would seek out recognition and praise instead of looking, just allowing it to be in me was in dating. So, you know, that, um, and everyone knows, like I was out of a relationship. I got, div I divorced, immediately started dating because I was seeking for something that I did not have, that was missing in my marriage. And I immediately latched on to the first guy that gave me any recognition and praise. And what happened five years later was lies, cheating, beyond hurt, because I latched on to the words, the recognition and praise that he gave me. What did I do then? Even in recovery, early recovery, started dating. The minute someone said, you look nice, you smell nice, you, you right? Oh, you have a great personality. Oh, I remember one guy told me he loved my eyes because when I smiled, I smiled with my eyes. That was all I needed to hear. He had me hook, line, and fucking sinker. I mean, that is a hell of a compliment. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is a hell of a compliment. And you know what? I do still carry that with me. Like, I notice when I, if I look in the mirror, I do, you know, I do smile with my eyes. And it is a huge compliment. The problem with that is that I took that to mean love. How the hell does someone love you within a couple of dates? Right. Well, and, right, part of that, too, is you never realized that you smiled with your eyes until someone else told you that. Exactly. So let's go into the next pattern. Okay. And I have a thought. Um, we are pushing an hour and we have got quite a few low self-esteem patterns. And I feel like you and I could talk about low self-esteem for a while. Yeah. What do you think about breaking up 
the low self-esteem patterns. Absolutely. I think we do this next one and we're halfway through them and then we'll pick up the rest of them next week. I agree with you. I think that's a great idea. So having codependents often have difficulty admitting a mistake. Ooh. And in recovery, I continue to take my personal inventory and when I am wrong, promptly admit it. You know, one of the things with a mistake is I could make a mistake and again, and a lot of this low self-esteem is all me. This is so much me. Um, Not meaning like this low self-esteem is my my big pattern because it is, but it's my way of thinking. I would make the tiniest... So... (laughs) That's part of where I was struggling this last couple of weeks with Colin playing the game, the games, was I was tired. I was thinking from 8 a.m. in work all day, jumping on playing games with him, and I have to use my brain, my 52-year-old brain, not my 18-year-old brain, to play these games. And I would lose. And I would lose. And I am not usually, I mean, I'm a competitive person and I'm going to give it my all to and give my best to win. But I was losing. And it was because I wasn't playing at my best. But what I found was I was getting resentful because I was making mistakes. I wasn't resentful to him. I was resentful to me. Instead of just, I'm tired and it's okay, I'm doing this for fun. No, I took it on. I took on that mistakes. And what happened is doing that long term, that's where I was struggling with make, allowing it to be enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, I would do that too, right? I would go all in on something and I'm full speed ahead. And then before I realized it, I would realize like, oh crap, this was a bad idea. I shouldn't, I really can't do this or I don't want to do this or whatever the situation. But I could not then say, hey, I overcommitted or hey, I'm struggling or right. I had difficulty admitting that I had made a mistake always. I, yep. I never like to admit that. Um, In this situation with, you know, using the situation with the games, like I had to go to Colin Right. First of all, I had to look at me and right. I expressed on a few podcasts ago where I was feeling that overwhelming, yucky feeling. So are you taking your personal inventory on this? That's exactly what I had to do. Right. But I first had to look, I like, and it's not like a verbally out loud personal inventory, right? It's, I had a conversation with my higher power. I sat in it. I reflected why am I feeling this way? And then I started making a list in of what things were happening that were triggering me to be able to look to go back to them, right? It wasn't, it was, okay, you're feeling pressure from work. You're feeling, you know, like there's, you're feeling a little bit of pressure because somebody wants you to you're, take you something, take something else on. You're feeling pressure because you're giving so much of yourself. I'm playing these games with Colin. I'm doing all of this stuff with Coda. And I had to look at what things I was doing. I had to take that personal inventory. Then I had to look at each one of them and say, how much is this impacting my life? How much is this impacting what I'm feeling? And the first thing to go was let me take take a night off. Let me step back from Coda one night a week. Versus six, right? I do six to seven. So let me let me give up a night. Okay. That, now let's see. Now that I've wrapped my head around that, let's see how I feel. A week in, I'm still feeling. I'm still feeling this yucky feeling. What else do I need to evaluate? Wait, I'm giving all my time, all my free time to Colin. Where's me in this? Okay, let me take off that. That permanently. Nobody says any of this stuff has to stay away permanently. It just means I can, I'm, right now I need to take this off my plate. So last night or Thursday, whatever night it was, we packed up the card table. We put all the games away. 
we it's just literally and then I actually had a conversation with Colin and said this is where I'm at my brain is tired I'm tired I'm not taking time for me and I'm I need to because I'm now not being the best person for you and for me so that's what I did and then it was funny because yesterday he actually took off with his dad all day and so he wasn't I had the house to myself all day yesterday I ran some errors in the morning because I had to start work a little bit later and I worked till eight but he wasn't here and it was I realized that that's what it what more and more I realized I needed space for me I had there was somebody else in my life 24 7 and somewhere in there I lost me and to take it was okay to take time for me and it wasn't that you were spending too much time with Colin it wasn't that Mm -mm. you were spending too much time with your friends it's that you had filled your life with everything else and left no room for yourself but the thing about too and I I think what's important to think about is I was filling my life with things that I wanted to fill my life with, right? There was nothing in my life that I was like, oh, I'm doing this and I don't want to. But you still didn't leave time for you. Like, exactly. That's the hard part. So, and, and I don't want to get too far off topic because we only got a minute left. So, right, when I screw up, it, it's important for me to say, I don't like the way I did this. I want to do this differently and admit it to myself, my higher yep. power, and someone else. If it applies to admit to someone else, yes. Right. And I think it's really important that when we do admit to someone else or we do say to someone else, hey, listen, I know I said I would do this, but I can't do it. I think it's important that we also tell them why it has nothing to do with them or how it has nothing to do with them and not that we need to or if we don't we're wrong but that I want to be considerate of other people's feelings and I don't want I'll just use your example because it's safe for me sorry um I don't I don't want my son to think I don't want to spend time with him because I need time for me Right. I don't want my friends to think I don't like them because I need time for me. So it's important to say exactly what it is, not, hey, I'm spending too much time with you. I need time. I need space. Right. Whereas that's a lot different than, listen, I've filled all of my time with other people. So I'm going to take this night and this night and I'm going to spend it by myself. It has nothing to do with you. I love you. I love spending time with you, but I need this for me. One of Colin's questions for me when I, you know, I said something to him was, well, how long? And I would like, do you, do you never want to play games again? And I was like, no, that is not what I'm saying. And actually, I, I actually had to, I talked to him twice. Um, The first time I told him where I was at, my brain was tired. I needed to rejuvenate me. I needed to make space for me. And then last night, I actually, he came back to me because he wants to spend time with me. He actually is like, well, I need to find a TV show so we can still spend time together. So it matters to him that I spend time with him. So what I said to him once I reflected on it was, Colin, I want to pl- I'll still play games with you. What I need to do is I need to not play games with you seven nights, so seven days a week. Right. I need to maybe after I've worked all day and I have CODA calls at night, maybe I don't play those nights. Maybe we just play on the weekends. Right. It's it's reevaluating the whole thing and being able to set a a space for spending time with Colin. It just happens. It's games. That's where we connect. That's where we love what we love to do together. All right, let me, let me do that. Tomorrow I have nothing planned. Tomorrow I'm going to play games with my son. That doesn't mean I have to play with him the rest of the week. He doesn't care how much time I spend playing games with him. He just wants to play games with his mom. And yes, we're using Colin and games as the example, but it really applies to every situation. When I say something that I don't necessarily mean, that is a mistake. 
And yeah. I need to promptly admit it and say what I do mean. Because I really become resentful to myself when I don't say what I mean and I make that, like, right, I make a mistake not saying what I mean. I'm resentful to me. When I make a mistake, I'm resentful to myself. It has nothing to do with anyone else. I think that's a good place to leave this. Me too. So next week, we'll pick up on low self-esteem patterns again. Um, So there's, what, six more? Yeah, six more. Right. Codependence, good codependence. We have lots of self, low self-esteem patterns. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely do. So, all right, Ashley, have an amazing week. Um, enjoy your your trip away. Think of me while you're on the bridge. <laughs> I will for sure. I definitely will. And thank you, Dawn. Thank you, everyone. I hope you all have an amazing week, too. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.